Coffee Day and welcome to Foodie Call. I'm not sure if you recognize anybody here at the table besides Jason, but here we are at the new Mescla location, Mescla Chamorro Bistro Fusion Bistro. And I'm going to try to say your complete title, <laughs> Chef, <clears throat> Corporate Executive Chef, Peter Duenas, who is also his title, earned the title recently of Global Master Chef. <laughs> Very nice. Did I get yes. it? I'm not sure. Yeah. Pete, you don't even have a business card at this point. You have like a two by four and you just have all your <laughs> titles that go across. Like, no, actually, I get scolded a lot when I, people ask for my card. I don't even have them. I have cards, but I don't right. carry them. Well, you're on LinkedIn, and that's the most important thing. Just a minute ago, he told us that he's really just the cook around here, but we all know that that's not true. You are the mastermind behind the mescala. This is a dynasty now? Uh, that's a good way to put it. I was yeah. going to say chain, but dynasty is a much more elegant word. I wouldn't call it that. <laughs> I mean, we're we're um, locals that wanted to do something with our food and and bring elevate our food and bring it to the forefront as a a dining uh, option for for locals and tourists alike. So and of course we are in the brand new location. So so congratulations, be opening Thank a you. restaurant Thank and running it much. is certainly Thank one of the hardest things you can ever do in business. Like you know, if you're a business major, one of the first things they teach you is okay, you can open a tech company, fine. You're going to run a hedge fund. You know there are challenges to that. You want to open a restaurant, you better have your head screwed on straight because that is a tough business. I can attest to that definitely. Um, you know, trying to get all the components together to run a fully functional uh, dining uh, venue for people to come in and it's just one facet of uh, starting a restaurant. And then you need people to work in there, you need people to cook, you need people to serve, and you need to prepare a menu that's cost effective. And, I can go on and on and on and on, but uh, ultimately it's a, it's a huge uh, undertaking and a big challenge. And Lacey, we're kind of bearing the lead here, but you know, again, talking about business lessons, location, location, location is another thing I say. Yes. We are actually in the brand spanking new venue. You've been open, what, 10 days now? Just about 10 days. Just yeah. about 10 days in yes. Tumont. So congratulations on Thank that. You, you started downtown, you moved up to right at the top of the hill, right across from JFK with Mezcla Dos. Now you're in a completely different demographic, completely different market and everything like that, but yeah. you are in the heart of tourism. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's something we've been wanting to do for a while now. Um, and I guess timing, location, um, a lot of different components came together. And we're here now. It's, uh, we just went through a uh, four-month uh, uh, constructional phase, you know, remodeling and, and uh, putting in a brand new, pretty much uh, brand new everything in this space. Mm. At the Grand Plaza Hotel, so this is a yes. nice location. Lacey and I were trying to figure out, like, right, right before we started this live stream, we're like, what was this before? This was Watabe Restaurant. Ah, Watabe, yes. Okay. A Japanese gotcha. restaurant. Yeah. And my family and I used to come here for their sukiyaki and their shabu shabu. They were very well known for quite a few things actually. Um, and, and it was kind of like a secret spot for locals. Mm -hmm. And obviously they got lots of uh, tourists in there, um, Japanese. Uh, and the chef that was here was a long time uh, local Japanese chef who started Sakura restaurant in Tamuni way back when in the 70s and 80s and then 
also uh, open up Botavi later on. Mm -hmm. So it was sad to see that one go, but it also became an opportunity for us to come in here. Okay, so what are we going to expect here? This is your the bistro side, the mescla restaurant side, yes. right? You have the mescla dos restaurants, which you also have two. Yes. Two of, correct? This yes. is your second. This is the second bistro. bistro. And what we really wanted to do, if you look around, we kind of uh, mocked uh, the Ganya restaurant right. and created mm -hmm. a smaller, newer version of it. It is and, very cozy uh, in here. Yeah, and you know, with the with the whole Aganya theme, we wanted to create that homey type of feel, where it's a, a non-pretentious but pretty environment and uh, fused with local culture, local food. I've I've always wondered if I, if I may, um, you know, you you brought that whole idea of. And you know, it literally says it on you know on the menu. It says Chamorro Fusion. Yes. Uh, no one really did that before you with like taking you know your, your formal training and you know you went to the culinary school and you know highly educated in you know all things. You, I, I believe you, you said you studied a uh, you know French cooking. French. Yeah. Classically classical French. Cuisine. But then you you take that back to your heritage and you know like you know the, the work of your ancestors. I know when my dad was still alive, he used to love eating in Haganah because he goes he goes this is actually legit. Chamorro food, you know, you have the tamalakani and you have just enough fat on the end of it and everything. Yeah. So he really liked that, but but what kind of um, feedback have you been getting, you know, because you tried that, you know, combine the old with the new? Well, I think initially when we first started, uh, it was uh, well received for the most part, but there were still some confusion as to what makes this any different from Chamorro food, like mm. typical Chamorro food. and. And, you know, what I tell most people is I spent the better part of 20 years cooking other types of cuisines. You know, French, Italian, European, all kinds of other European cuisines, Asian cuisines. And then finally, when I was, well, I spent the better part of 10 years doing Pacific Rim when I was working for Sam Choice. Sure. I did uh, fusion, you know, Pan, Pan Pacific fusion, right? And then um, I said, man, why can't I do that with the local food, with the, my own food? And that's where Mescla was born. It was taking our home comforting types of uh, dishes and throwing in just enough twist in there to elevate it to, uh, you know, not fine dining, but fun dining, slightly upscale. Uh, type of uh, presentation mm -hmm. and bring our Chamorro food to the forefront. It really is and an that, experience. And that's that was my vision, my goal, and I think uh, in the very beginning some of the locals were like, mm. you know, I mean, just to say honestly, some people were like, Lanya boy, you know, uh, I can make this at my house better than that. I, hey, I'm not here to say I'm the best at making my tanala cutney or I'm the best at making my tanak tak. I'm here as a service to anybody who chooses not to slave over a stove or, you know, smoking meat for hours in the back at the back of the kit uh, the house in their outside kitchen, and and it's a it's a uh, it's what I call a, a no-brainer. You come in here, you order, you eat, you pay, you go home, you're happy, no fuss, no mess, and you're you're satisfied, mm -hmm. right? And uh, and I think uh, the times have changed enough to where 
more and more people are eating out because of the convenience and the time constraints of raising a family, working every day. I mean, it's just, a, I mean, everybody knows that eating out is so much easier. Sure, you can spend a tad bit more to, to pay for prepared foods, but you can get decent foods at just about any restaurant here in Guam and, and be able to not fuss over it. Now this lady, this lovely creature here, she is like the authority on, on legit Chamorro cooking and everything like that. So when she, when she very graciously you know, credits like, you know, the work that you guys do here and everything like that, all of us in the newsroom are like, okay, if Lacey said it's good, it's good to go. Oh yeah. Well, Mescla has long been, when did you guys open the Uganda we opened in 2009, so we're, we're just a little over 10 years. So for almost a decade, it has been the place that when somebody comes to visit, what restaurant do you tell them to go to? You tell them to go to, to King's, you tell them to go to Mescla for that kind of, you know, higher end. Well, to get, you want to get a taste of local food uh, aside from the Chamorro Village or whatever, you know, you could definitely come to Mescla and we see it during the, the, the vacation periods like summer break and, and uh, holiday breaks and some of the locals come back from uh, from the mainland or wherever they're at abroad, they definitely hit us up right away once they get here and, and also when we have visiting guests that come in for either business or you know just a vacation, a lot of locals bring them in here just just to try some of our local delicacies. And Speaking of which, <laughs> oh my, my. Coconut seafood pasta. This is a new signature dish only sold here at Mescla in Tumon. Eventually it'll get to Agana, but we started this as one of our new menu items. Wow. That almost looks too good to eat because the, the plate. <laughs> And then, again, that's the one thing I've always appreciated about you is because, you know, when I got into like Iron Chef, right, when I was watching it, I was like, wow, there really is something to say about plating and about presentation. Wow. And, you know, and, you know growing up with like traditional Chamorro cooking, you'd eat tenatla cutney just off the paper oh, plate. Yeah, and, course. you know, you'd eat it off the napkin and everything. But, and, and it tastes amazing. Oh. <laughs> and, we, of course, speaking of tenatla cutney, it's not on a napkin or a paper plate. Yeah, right? And that is a thick <laughs> cut, too. <laughs> Just for you, Jason, and oh, one wow. of my all-time favorites, and what I call the epitome of Chamorro fusion. Thank you so much. Uh, Will you our, be joining us for lunch? Thank you. <laughs> this is what I call a true Chamorro fusion dish, and this is our Musizas gyoza, and it's our, our traditional Musizas filling served in a or prepared in a. Uh, gyoza wrapper, a typical Japanese gyoza wrapper. It's served over coconut cream with honey pepper oil. So we're talking about how people come uh, when they come to visit, and of course local people too. Uh, at, um, in the evenings, it's still pretty packed. I see uh, your restaurant in Aganya. Yes. But now that you're in Tumon, this is. I, I feel really kind of proud too that you're here because now we're seeing more representation of what tomorrow food, even fusion, could be. And this is what our guests get to see. Our um, visitors, right? Right. And there yeah. aren't many restaurants here that do tomorrow food or fusion food. Maybe they have a dish or two. 
You know who I'm sure is really, really happy, Pete, that you're in, in Tumon right now? Literally right across the street because we got the police precinct <laughs> yeah. over there. Those guys are going to be so happy. Oh, yeah, they are pretty Cops happy. Cops love yeah. tomorrow yeah. cooking. And then again, if you're wondering where it's at, where this is at, just it's right across the police station. But but that's your goal here. We feel safe for two, by the way. Close <laughs> <laughs> to the police station. Now, is that Linguini? Yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, so just to talk about this and... Um, you know, when you talk about like a seafood Alfredo or shrimp Alfredo, what do you, what do you envision? Mm -hmm. Envision a creamy pasta dish with seafood or shrimp, right? And you typically get heavy cream and some cheese in there, Parmesan cheese, and you know a rich and creamy sauce. And I just thought, you know what? Let's do a Chamorro style uh, Alfredo and use coconut milk instead of your traditional heavy cream. Mm. So, uh, and of course it has our little special touches and as I mentioned, I spent the better part of uh, seven years doing Italian cuisine, so I can talk a little bit about Italian food, but this is a Chamorro Italian fusion. Well, I remember on one of your older TV okay. shows, you are, are we gonna bless the table? Yes. <laughs> you can handle that. You did something with, um, with coconut crab. Oh yes, absolutely. How could I ever forget that? Because it, it kind of blew my mind. <laughs> I love playing with local products, local, especially fresh local products, and turning it into uh, culinary creations out of the box. You know, the, yeah, other than your traditional coconut crab and coconut milk with vegetables, you know, creating a coconut crab pasta or. Uh, uh, coconut crab keleguin mm -hmm. that you would probably never see unless somebody had a ton of coconut crab. But please dig in right, and Jason, give it a taste. Could you could you could you describe the tatitas? Well, interesting, because because contrast and contrast that with the other one with the tonella cutting. It's very interesting. So with our flatbread, this is, our, our pastas here are served with our flatbread as mm -hmm. well as our clam bake, and um, our flatbread is. Basically, my grandmother's uh, flour tatitas recipe. So it is flour. Okay. Yes, it's a, it's your standard flour tatitas recipe, and we incorporate basil and olives into it, Ooh. and and that's another little Chamorro fusion. So when when people ask me, well, what is Chamorro fusion? Uh, how do you see this as Chamorro fusion? Um, you know, it's just it's just a little twist and you know turn here and there. Um, from pastas to flatbreads, which is actually tatitas. Okay, if I may, at the at the risk of absolutely, being absolutely, okay, absolutely. All right, Jason, hurry up and eat some. What do you call primarily? In fact, we're just so about good. the food. So can you tell us? Let me dish some for you, Lacey. Master Chef <laughs> Peter, is there anything that's new here, or are we seeing a carryover of your your menu? Definitely, the majority of the menu is a carryover from Agania, because. What locals love should be what the what the uh, visitors can look to enjoy when they're here. Oh, Pete, this is so good. That's and I'm bread. I'm typically a corn. To, my, my grandmother raised me on corn tatitas. Nana, Nana would make corn tatitas. You know, she'd have the butter. Bread there to accompany that. Oh. So this is your Nana's typical, uh, Jason. Yeah, going. Oh, thank you so much. I think that's important. He was saying, Jason, that you're going to see basically the, the same thing that you okay. see at the other restaurant. Okay. 
this really captures the bounty of the sea. I mean, visually and everything, because you know, sometimes you'll get like a plate of, of pasta and they'll like, okay, there's may maybe one or two shrimp and then a mussel or two. There's a lot of seafood um, in here. So you get like generous pieces of, of, of salmon. And the great thing about this is if you're lactose intolerant, there's no Which I dairy am. in there. Yeah. How is it? Oh. It's great. It really does have that coconut. That's what I taste, seafood and coconut, which is... I have never had that before. So how do you think about... Jason's never had that before. No, co no, not coconut, coconut milk and pasta. How do you think about Chamorro cuisine at home? You had crab and coconut milk, lobster and coconut milk, shrimp and coconut milk. Yeah. So you're basically fish and coconut milk, right? Basically taking that idea and turning it into something a little more than just kudu with coconut milk. Now you're getting a pasta with the seafood and a variety of that seafood mixed with a pasta. So you're kind of getting a different, a familiar flavor with a twist. And I really, I very much enjoy Italian cooking. Um, I, it's just, you know, the, co the coconut milk with the pasta, that's, oh, it's so good. That works so well. <laughs> I'm, I normally, I'll just like start food if I'm really him. into it. I'm, I'm actually really trying to take my time. I'm, I'm really, you know. But this is the whole thing. This has been the thing behind mescla, Jason. Yeah. It's taking these. Well, admittedly, like the, the, the tanella cutney, the dried beef, for years, when I mean, I, I took my dad. It was a, it was a tradition. I would always take my dad on Father's Day, and we would go to Mexico, the original location. And he would he would always again want to drive me because my dad grew up eating, you know, the Antigua style Chamorro cuisine. You know, like a lot a lot of ham hocks, a lot of um, uh, and if I may, yeah. So I love that. So look at that. That is, a, that is a generous generous piece right there. Now, and how do you determine exactly? How much fat to leave on? Because I'm, I'm sure you get people at your original location. You got a lot of traffic from like uh, from the navy, yes, and from the naval base. Do some people say there's a little bit too much fat, and but then we, they learn. We try to educate our guests uh, in terms of uh, newcomers to the island, and and also newcomers to dishes like this. And with uh, Tanala Kani, my personal way uh, or etiquette of of preparing tanala kani is there should always be some fat on it because the fat is what makes it so tasty. You know, if you had a dry cut of meat, it might not be as good. It might be closer to jerky. And with ours, we try to make sure that it's a tad bit uh, crispy but still juicy on the inside. And um, I, I always tell my staff to make sure that the fat is on there. And we do a lot of trimming, but we have to leave on at least, a, I want to say a quarter of, of, for the whole piece of meat, a quarter of it being mm. with that nice brisket fat that gives it that crunch and goodness. And this is one of the items that have been on your menu since day one? Oh yeah, this is definitely one of our staples that everyone comes in for. I mean, okay, yeah. and I, I, speaking of scarf, I just like grabbed that up, pinch of it. Is that fresh? Fresh green onion? Yes. Like local, local fresh green onion? Yes. You can absolutely. really, truly taste the difference. It's a lot stronger. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to aim my mouth like this way so as not to like knock the both of you out. Uh, oh, that's so we, good. We definitely try to promote the local farming industry absolutely. and support the farmers. We, um, 
we try to buy as much local produce as we can use here in our menus. So from green onions to our cherry tomatoes to our beans, our eggplant, cucumbers, whatever we can source out locally that works within our menu, we we uh, try to get as now, much as possible. I do have one question, Pete. Or maybe Lacey, I know we were talking about this on the car over. Um, again, the original Nestle restaurant you had in the heart of Haganya, so you had lifelong Guamanians coming from all over the island to go there. You got like a fair amount of military coming from the base. Um, with this location right here, you're getting Japanese, Russians, Koreans, um, stateside guests and everything. Just because you're in Tumon, you get so much yes. of like of the tourist foot traffic. Uh, what are you seeing as far as like the mix of, of people coming into the restaurant? Interesting thing about it is uh, it's it just to gauge in the past week and a half, it's been a 50-50 mix of tourists and locals. Good. Which is, uh, I think, is great. Um, we, we always want to encourage our locals to come. Our locals are our, uh, our main, uh, main uh, clientele here on island. And it, uh, it's been that way and we've been supported by the community. And that's something that we're really uh, blessed with and very appreciative of. Uh, the support we get from, from our people of Guam, and you know, to be able to get in uh, the tourists as well. I mean, it's it's awesome. But they get to enjoy what our locals enjoy every day. Well, they say right when you. How can you tell if it's a good local restaurant or if it's a good Chinese restaurant? You eat where there's Chinese people. Right? Exactly. Absolutely. Mm. And, and then tourists, they, they follow the same suit. I mean, the, the Asian tourists, they see a bunch of locals in there. They want to be in there. So it's kind of a, it's a, it's been a great mix. And you know, I, I, um, I foresee this becoming a, a more of a tourist nation down the road, and I'm, I'm just hoping that it doesn't discourage uh, our locals when we start filling up with tourists, you know. I don't think so at all. We still want locals to come down here. And, and the locals are obviously going to support you because, you know, 10 years, I mean, you're an established institution on the island. People appreciate what you do. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a treat to come down. And people know, I don't think people see you as necessarily like as a, as a chef. Even and that, I don't mean that disrespectfully. I'm not sure. I no, see no. him as a chef. No, but I mean, pe people, see, people, people see you as an artist, and, well, and they know they know what you're doing is okay. truly, you know, is truly art. I mean, my, I, the way I look at it is, I'm just another local boy who loves food, just like most local boys. And um, yeah, I, I have some training behind my my passion for food, but um, I really just want. Um, to, to have our visitors and locals alike be proud of what we have here in Guam, be proud of what we what we do. And in terms of my food, you know, I say this all the time, I don't claim to be the best tomorrow food on island and I never will claim to be the best tomorrow food. I want people to have the option when they don't want to do the work, they can come here and have it be as close as possible to what they're used to or even totally different from what they're used to and enjoy it either way. I think home cooking too is a dying art with a lot of our manamco. Yeah, you I know, mean it, the generational uh, changes, right? You know, we went from uh, doing everything the old way mm -hmm. to gradually changing up, the, up in the times and then now it's kind of interesting. Uh, 
you, you really have a very small number of people who still, like Lacey said, take the time to do it the old way. I mean, down south, they still oh, yeah. do, do a lot of the Antigua ways and, and try to instill that into the children. Um, even up north, I still see some uh, family members still doing it the same way, which I'm super proud of, and I want to be a part of that movement and instilling the the whole traditional ways and, and thoughts of uh, not just uh, food, but also culture and, and having it into one big package, you know, without, like part of our culture is the food. Well, to make sure that you, that you pass those lessons and, and that wisdom onto a new generation, I know that one thing you've always been very much supportive is hiring local talent and making sure that, that you have local chefs who are, you know, are sensitive to, you know, to the way we prepare food, the way we enjoy Absolutely. food. Lacey says it all the time on the show, the way that, that food for us and our way of life is social currency. So, Absolutely. so talk about a little bit about you know, how, you, how you hire and, and the people you, you employ. Well, uh, we really, we, we're out looking for talent every day pretty much and you know, as with most businesses and restaurants uh, alike, is a, a, a major uh, manhunt for, for good good people and you know there's a the culinary program which is creating more and more uh, young chefs every day which I'm, I'm really uh, happy about and you know we're out there we're looking for energetic passionate people who have a love for food and and want to learn and grow the company and be happy of, and proud of where they work. And we we uh, we strive for that every day. We we not just employ people, we embrace them like family members, and we uh, we incorporate them whether they're Chamorro, Filipino, Palawan, you know, black, white, and we have an array of. Uh, of uh, multi-ethnic uh, staff working for us now and we embrace them as family and we create uh, a culture from within our restaurants and that immediately uh, like uh, automatically connects to the food and the service all right so tell us about this matzitas here and i'm okay. not sure if jason would know what that is do you know what matzitas is jason mm -hmm. So, Masizas is, um, is a Antigua dish that we adopted from the Spaniards. And it's basically minced chicken that's mixed with mint, uh, lemon, usually pumpkin tips, and coconut, and hot peppers, and it's marinated and typically stuffed in the skin of a chicken neck. Chicken neck skin. Mm -hmm. And they create this sausage-looking thing. Oh, okay. And it's usually steamed in coconut milk. So I kind of twisted it, and we make the a traditional masitas filling. But now we stuff it into the gyoza. We cook it like a typical gyoza, which is like half steamed and half fried at the same time. And instead of steaming it in the coconut milk, we serve it over coconut cream, and we douse it with our house-made bunny pepper oil. I was gonna say, like, I've, I've been into the first one of these, and yeah. and it had a kick. Yeah, I was like, that's our signature bunny pepper oil. 
There it is. I get right, right on my tongue, literally on the tip of my tongue. So you're getting a little bit of tang. You're getting a little bit of mintiness, a little bit of earthiness, the chicken flavor, uh, and then you're getting that comforting, creamy coconut milk, and then you're getting a little kick from the booty pepper oil. So it's kind of uh, all the comforts of a traditional mesitas without the chicken skin. Mm. Right. And I see it cooked in like foil. Some people nowadays. use foil nowadays. Finale or something. Chicken neck, uh, you know, hard to, chicken neck skin hard to come though, by. Yeah. And I do see it at some parties. Mercedes so. is not a common thing anymore. I feel like it's... You don't a, see it. Yeah, it's maybe it's having a comeback, but that's great. You put it on the menu, then that's something that will carry over even if the tradition somehow doesn't because who eats chicken, you know, chicken neck? Well, if you look at the menu, when you come into Mescla, our menu I don't think is a huge menu. It's a pretty good-sized menu, but I... I wanted a good variety of local flavors. This is a good, this is a good size menu, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, you have a lot of different options. A good variety of local flavors for you to choose from and experience. And, uh, you know, even if you're a local, hey, lunch, you know, I have this uh, thing called the Kaduku uh, uh, Chamorro. Did you see the Kaduku mm -hmm. Chamorro? So if you look at our lunch menu, there's a dish called the uh, Kaduku Chamorro. Oh, there you go. Which oh. means the crazy chamorro, and the reason, and some people ask me that question: Why do you call it? Why do you call your dish a crazy chamorro? I said because the dish is a hamburger steak, so served over steamed rice with sautéed vegetables. It's topped with a tanactac sauce and two over easy eggs. So the reason why, it's, so it's basically our souped-up version of a local moko, but I call it the Kaduku Chamorro because any Chamorros are crazy enough to eat that for lunch. Yep, because if you go back to, to work, you ain't getting anything, don't <laughs> To try to go back to work okay. after lunch. I can't I just saw you go for the Denensi. What, what were you doing? You were an amateur at this. You don't come to Mesa. I'm, I'm and really not. not I'm, you know, I'm kind of timid when it comes to like like the chamorro. Chum how how is the Denancy? Because you are a Denancy. Oh, I'm not authority. like a I'm not a really hot person, but if I think you have helped bring this to the forefront for people. Yes. Now there's a huge Denancy uh, market here on Guam. I mean, huge. But I mean, there are a lot of people who make it and who are trying to sell it. But your restaurant has been putting this out. You know, is it day one? Yes, day one? absolutely. Uh, and you had different, did you have different kinds before? Actually, we, we offered uh, what we call the Finadeni sampler. Right. So we have five different Finadenis that you can experience with your meal. And we, unfortunately, we have to charge for it. Everything in the Finadeni costs money. So let's just say you have a table of uh, four and you order a Finadeni sampler, five bucks comes with five different Finadenis. Including the Denancy. So we have a variety of, of uh, Finadenis that we serve here. And one of the newest ones is my uh, little um, Thai inspired Finadeni. It's got lemon juice, fish sauce, onions, cilantro, and a lot of hot pepper. And it actually pairs well with just about anything. And most people think about fish sauce, they're like, oh. 
fish sauce is stinky. Right? They immediately think like the fish. Yeah. Like right when the when the bottle opens. Yeah. But once it's mixed with lemon juice and peppers and onions and cilantro, and you can eat it over fish, lobster, seafood, beef, chicken, pork, it doesn't matter. It's an excellent dance. Like my, it's been my latest uh, craze uh, when I eat. I want I want that Thai in the Denny. Just got that enough twang in it and, a, and a li- just enough funk is what I call it. Just enough funk to to make it so appealing that you want to eat it with everything. Now, now as a chef, you're a man of many disciplines, right? Yes. Is as a professional, are there any styles or any type of cuisine? that you've not had training in or that you've not been able to cook like yourself that, that you would like to try? Uh, to be honest, uh, probably a little more. I mean, I dabbled in the Indonesian, uh, Malaysian side, but mm. I like to dabble a little bit more in that mm-hmm. just because I love the flavor profiles, you know, when I visit these countries. The, the, it's just the aromatics and the spices that make create one flavor. It makes it so intriguing to me. So, you know, I, I did a show in uh, Malaysia with the Food Obsession, and mm-hmm. one of the dishes we featured at our Ghana restaurant was the rendang beef. Mm-hmm. And why I chose the rendang beef and the laksa as well, because both dishes are so. Um, it's got like a huge array of flavors going on and literally the the ingredient list is like 30 items to make one dish i mean and you're talking herbs spices you know powders it's it just it's amazing how you take all of that you cook it down and it gives you this one unique flavor mm-hmm. and and i guess uh that uh feeds my passion for the for the culinary field is mm-hmm. The, the flavor and the profiles of, of what you're eating, and create, you know, to create that that unique. I think that's so noble. Goodness. How 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 something you grew up doing and something you found yourself to be good at and something that you obviously said is your life's work and your passion. You've been very successful in business. It's taken you all over the world. You've made new friends. You've met all sorts of people, and you never tire. Well, it's always exciting. Uh, you know, it's a lot of hard work to do restaurants in general. You're the luckiest man alive. Well, I consider myself lucky, fortunate, and blessed. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm very appreciative and I, I, uh, I'm thankful of, of uh, the opportunities to do what I'm doing today. And, you know, of course, I'm always happy to wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, I'm here, I'm back. Another day, right? Uh, my friend, uh, I have one good friend, I, I see him once a year, and he always tells me, happy to see you, and happy that we're here mm-hmm. at this moment in time, because we, we might not be here if it were another day. That's true. And I think about that, you know, it's like, you enjoy what you have, and make good of what you have, and, and, uh, and then when it's time to go, Sayonara. Now, ladies, if, if I may, I'd like to share my favorite Chef Keith Winnis um, memory, because I remember when you were doing your first show, The Outdoor Chef. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, it's, is there any truth to the rumor that when you guys do Food Obsession, that entire show is produced on an iPhone? Uh, I would That's say... That's the rumor, and, and those of us, you know, we, we do TV and we do online video, too. Yeah. That is amazing. You're seeing I, a lot of them. I have to tell you that uh, 80% of that is true. 
Okay. We do use a professional camera uh, for certain shots that require a professional camera, but but yeah, pretty much uh, 70, 80% is shot on a on a on an iPhone. Incredible. Steven Soderbergh made that movie High Flying Bird recently and everything all on an iPhone. It's so. not the first one though. Oh no, yeah. there's a lot a lot of filmmakers and TV producers that are using uh, high tech equipment combined with the iPhone. Yep. I mean, you got super, super duper 4K quality uh, uh, film coming out of it. And of course, my wife is the producer slash videographer. Mm -hmm. So she's with me hand in hand everywhere we go. And the reason I asked that and is because she, I was like, I was like, hey, uh, you know, I heard you guys are doing everything like an iPhone. She, she was like, I don't know if I want to say that. I was like, that, that's something I'd be bragging about because <laughs> your show looks stellar. It's highly entertaining. Well, like, the and the thing I, is good. Yeah, and the thing I did want to bring up about my favorite Pete Duenas memory is you had that one episode of, of The Outdoor Chef when I believe you went to, was it Washington or somewhere where it was, where it was very, very cold and you had, you know, like the, the winter gear. You guys were going hunting, I think. Oh, for, it was in Alabama. Alabama, oh, that, that's right. Yeah. For pheasant, was it? Or? Oh, we went for a white-tailed deer. Well, okay. White-tailed deer, yeah. I'm getting the details all wrong. Uh, but I remember you went there and then I think you visited Chamorros who had moved out there. Yes. And, yes. and you actually brought them plates in with, you know, Typical fiesta style, you know, the two paper plates stacked on top of each other, you know, tin foil wrapped around it, and they were the happiest people on earth. And I was like, that kind of thing, you cannot fake that. You could have had, you could have had Academy Award caliber professional actors, and they could not have captured the just the sheer joy on their face when a fellow Chamorro says, "Hey, I took the time to actually make you a oh, homemade yeah. meal." That, that's an amazing visual. I'll always remember that. Right on. I appreciate yeah. it. And, and you know, can you? And the outdoor chef, and even with food obsession nowadays, uh, a lot of uh, scripting does not happen. Cool. <laughs> it's a lot of. Uh, We're doing everything off the cuff here too. <laughs> you know, I like. Well, I used to call it run and gun. Mm -hmm. We just, you know, hurry up and and slow down. And, and nowadays, uh, what is my my wife calls One it. Calls it uh, what's that word I'm looking for? When you just you just uh, on the fly ad lib uh, ad lib. There's another word improvisation. Impromptu, uh, just okay. kind of like you know, let's flow, right? Like the movie Hustle and Flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But that's what we want. I mean, especially with Foodie Call too. Uh, we're wow. not. I'm not here to talk to you so that you can sell me something. Master Chef Pierre, this is, you sell yourself. And Food Obsession, I wanted to mention that you still have that over at the other yes. restaurant. We won't be seeing it here, but... Well, but our, our current here. plans more, now are not to feature the Food Obsession items here. Uh, we, we still want to stick with our Ganya uh, location for that. And we are going to continue and speaking of that, we have a brand new season coming up in June, starting June 1st. And we'll have a whole new line of uh, whole new line of uh, visits around the world. Very cool, Pete. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. You've been a good friend for many, many years. Oh, yes. we're, we're so happy that you found the success that you have. Thank you very much, my brother. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Lisa. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having us. All right. Thanks so much. Yes. Now it's time for a nap. <laughs> Let's go, Jason. Got work to do.